California Governor Gavin Newsom has instituted new lockdown rules because for some reason no one has tarred and feathered him for the last set of useless intrusions in our lives that drove small businesses into bankruptcy while he was having multi-thousand dollar meals with his wealthy friends indoors and without wearing masks because no one had tarred and feathered him for some reason. According to the new rules, once hospitals reach 85% capacity, it will be illegal to photograph California Governor Gavin Newsom having multi-thousand dollar meals with his wealthy friends indoors without wearing masks. Scientists have found that photographing Newsom under these conditions increases the danger that he will be tarred and feathered, which could lead to such dangerous side effects as his being tied to a rail, carried down to the beach, hurled into the ocean, and pelted with rotten fruits and vegetables while he bobs absurdly on the waves. It will also be illegal to gather in large groups to watch Gavin Newsom have his hair done at a salon or to go to church and pray that Newsom will be standing in an expensive restaurant with a bunch of his wealthy friends waiting to be seated for a multi-thousand dollar meal when suddenly there'll be an earthquake causing the ground to open and swallow the governor and his friends whereupon the ground will suddenly close with a reverberating crash that sounds very much like the gods laughing at what used to be California Governor Gavin Newsom and his wealthy friends but is now just the ground where they used to be standing, waiting for a multi-thousand dollar meal. Furthermore, during the lockdown, no one will be allowed to leave his home carrying a vat of tar or a bag of feathers. And in fact, all outdoor gatherings are prohibited, except those where swarms of thugs chant leftist slogans while looting small businesses that have been driven out of business because inexplicably, no one has tarred and feathered Gavin Newsom. The new lockdown rules will continue until someone tars and feathers Gavin Newsom. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. All right, for those few of you who have survived the Clavenless weekend, we have returned. Uh, please go on the Andrew Claven YouTube channel and subscribe. We have over 200,000 subscribers, but we're trying to get it down to about the last seven people uh, who cling to the raft of truth in a sea of confusion. Uh, if you ring that little bell, we will have new content, fresh content delivered, uncensored content delivered to your door uh, by a small team of elves who now referred, prefer to be called Little North Pole People. Uh, also leave a comment, and if your comment is ignorant, uh, you know, obstreperous, cruel, and unthinking, we will include it on the show as just an ordinary part of the commentary that fits right in. Uh, Big Ed today <laughs> says, Clavin, I would tell you a COVID joke, but there's a 99.7% chance you wouldn't get it. <laughs> At my age, there's actually about a 96% chance I wouldn't get it. For three years, uh, news agencies claim to be running news stories in which reliable, anonymous, and sometimes not anonymous sources suggested Donald Trump was a Russian asset who had worked with Vladimir Putin to rig the election. Then, when actual evidence came to light suggesting Joe Biden had intended to profit off a deal with communist China, the same news agencies suppressed that information. Now, these news agencies can understand why no one believes them when they say the 2020 election wasn't riddled with fraud. When a woman accused Supreme Court Justice nominee Brett Kavanaugh of assaulting her in his teens with no evidence the two had even met, 
News agencies spent weeks running wildly absurd stories, wrongly suggesting Kavanaugh had assaulted, uh, assaulted other women in the past. When Joe Biden was plausibly accused of sexual assault by a woman who actually worked for him and who had told her friends about the assault at the time, the news agencies wouldn't cover it except to dismiss it out of hand. And now those news agencies can't understand why we don't believe them when they tell us we should wear masks. Again and again, Democrats like Nancy Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, Lori Lightfoot, and many others who insist on locking down Americans and destroying their lives and businesses have been caught violating their own rules. Now they don't understand why we defy them. Last week, I read you a quote from a new book about Trump voters where the researchers, the writers of the book said, the dominant explanations of Trump's appeal all have one thing in common. They all assume that something must be seriously wrong with Trump enthusiasts. There is exactly nothing wrong with Trump enthusiasts. There is something desperately wrong with our elites, our clerisy. They are dishonest beyond the dreams of criminality. They are arrogant, insulated, incompetent, and largely useless. The American people sent Donald Trump to Washington to send these odious little Louis XVI's a message. And at the time, I commented that the elites were lucky the American people hadn't decided to deliver that message in person. If the elites keep this up, that's exactly what the American people are going to do. I don't know about you, but I've been watching the stock market. It goes up and up and up, and that makes me a little nervous because what goes up must come down. You want to back yourself up with some gold. And here is something new. You know how the price of gold has been skyrocketing? Now there's a new way to buy gold through a company called Acre. What Acre does is it lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as 30 bucks a month, and you pay each month. And once your gold stash reaches the price of the gold bars, they discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once. Acre keeps you updated on your gold stash every month and ships once you reach the price threshold. With Acre, taking physical delivery of your gold means it's safe and sound and in your hands. Visit getacregold.com slash Clavin and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. Not to everybody, but to qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention getacregold.com. Again, that's getacregold.com slash Clavin. And you want to know how to spell Clavin? I know because you, all of you are sitting there going, wait, wait, it's I just make it look easy. Today, I, this is, this is going to be an adult show. So a lot of you want to tune out right now because today I want to just talk about the soup that we are all in. Ross Douthat in the New York Times, he is Knucklehead Row. Do we have the Knucklehead Row song? Let's have the Knucklehead Row song if we're going to talk about Knucklehead Row. Oh, hey, hey, oh, hey, oh. Now, Knucklehead Row, as you know, is the op-ed section of the New York Times, which, as you also know, used to be a newspaper. And Ross Douthat, I don't like to include him in the knucklehead row scenario because he's not a knucklehead. He's a smart guy. He's a more or less conservative guy, hates Donald Trump, but he is a, an actual conservative. And he has a, a piece in the weekend time saying, why do so many Americans think the election was stolen? Looking for the reasons behind a seemingly unreasonable belief. And he goes on to a long, a long column about why people believe this. But you know, it's not just ordinary Americans, it's actually the mainstream media who thinks the election was stolen. Here is a montage of the mainstream media. These are the top journalists on TV in the country talking about the election cut one. 
Democracy hacked? Did Russia want Trump in the White House? Did Russian hacking help Donald Trump win? The CIA says the Kremlin tried to swing the election to Donald Trump. There's no disagreement about Russia hacking the election. The intelligence community, the FBI, Democrats and Republicans believe that Russia hacked the election. The CIA has concluded the Russians intervened to help elect Donald Trump. That is where they are in this issue now, that Russia was behind, was was not only interfering, but was trying to deliver this election to Donald Trump. You have this very real skepticism about how legitimate was this election. But it wasn't simply that Russia uh, uh, got engaged or involved in hacking the election, but did so to, to favor Trump. I think this is a constitutional crisis. I mean, is was the president legitimately elected? Then what it suggests potentially is that the election was in some sense illegitimate. And I don't know where you go from there. So do you think that Trump in any way is an illegitimate president? Oh, wait, he said, reeling with surprise. That wasn't this election. That was the last election. And it was for three years after the election took place. That was the reporting from the mainstream supported, I will admit, by lunatics like Keith Olbermann, who said this. This is cut two. We are no longer a sovereign nation. We are no longer a democracy. We are no longer a free people. We are the victims of a bloodless coup. So far, a bloodless coup engineered by Russia with, at best, the traitorous indifference of the Republican Party and Donald John Trump, a man who, to borrow a phrase from another December long ago, will live in infamy. In five weeks' time, unless desperate measures are taken, we will hand over the government to a man who lost the popular vote by more than Woodrow Wilson or Jimmy Carter won it, a man whom the Russians wanted to run our country for them, a man whom the Russians got to run our country for them, a man for whom the Russians interfered with our elections, which if we did it to another country would be described as an act of war. And in this country, we have conceded defeat. So that's GQ's Keith Olbermann talking about the election, echoed by the New York Times, a former newspaper where now Ross Douthat works, the New York Times, which said Donald Trump is the greatest threat to democracy since World War II. And now the New York Times runs a banner headline saying we there was not a not as whiff, not a whiff of fraud in this election, which would make it the first election in human history about which there was a not a whiff of fraud. And so the people don't believe the press. What is the problem? Well, according to Steve Call of the New Yorker, I guess that's how you pronounce it, maybe called C-O-L-L of the New Yorker. The problem is there's too much freedom of speech. It's getting in the way of journalism. This is Cut 12, Steve Call talking about the right to free speech. Those of us in journalism uh, have to come to terms with the fact that free speech, a principle that we hold sacred, is being weaponized against uh, the principles of journalism. And what do we do about that? I, I just say, you know, as, as reporters, we kind of march into this war with our facts uh, nobly shouldered as if they were going to win the day. And what we're seeing is that because of the scale of this alternate reality that you've been talking about, our facts, our principles, our scientific method, it isn't enough. So what do we do? That, that's an amazing, amazing piece of elitist self-not-understanding. There is no word, actually. Self-deception, I guess. Self-delusion. A guy in a little, in a bubble, they call it a bubble, I call it an iron lung. He is in, encircled by 
his own sense that he is doing everything that needs to be done to get out the truth. But the problem is, is that we're out here saying what we think is the truth, and that's an alternate reality. And he knows that he's using the scientific method to get the truth out so that he, what he is saying, what he is saying is the truth, and our free speech is getting in his way. We have weaponized free speech to get in the way of elites, the clerisy telling us what to think. So, the point I want to make here is we're really at sea. I mean, all of us, all of us, because we can be wrong, too. I, obviously, that's true. We've got people we have to fact check and we have to do the same sorts of things. But they have a lot of reporting power and they're liars and they're self-deceived. And so we are actually in a point, of, point where it's very, very hard for any of us to know what's true. And I want to show you. I got to show you this thing. This was on Fox News. Chris Wallace. And I, I have always gone a little light on Chris Wallace, but he has genuinely lost his stuff. This was an amazing, amazing interview with John Brennan, former mole in the CIA, former communist mole in the CIA, who has his, he's promoting a new book. And his book is, I think it was called, I Was a Communist Mole in the CIA. It's very honest. No, I'm joking. I have no idea what the book is about, you know, how John Brennan fought uh, enemies of the, of the country inside and without. And I'm watching this thing, and it starts out, uh, well, first of all, the minute he appears and they're promoting his book, I think to myself, like, this is a guy who for three years lied and lied and lied about Donald Trump being a Russian asset. This was a guy who who had clearance until Trump took it away. He had uh, security clearance because he'd been head of the CIA, and he went on TV again and again and again suggesting and uh, implying that Donald Trump was basically working for the Russians, which has turned out to be an entire fantasy, an entire fantasy, okay? So it's like having a guy come in who's been reporting that the Venusians have been talking to him on his fillings and then letting him promote his book, you know, How I Kept the Space Invaders from Taking Over Earth. So why is he on TV at all? I mean, the fact that he's a former CIA director, I guess, gives him some kind of uh, authority to be on television. But the fact that he has lied to us for three years, that he manipulated the people like people in the CIA do. Why is Chris Wallace even talking to him? Why is he talking to him? And then he actually gets First of all, I have to I mean, I'm unloading a little bit, but this is, a gen, you know, because Fox News. I'm not looking to Fox News to tell me what I want to hear. I mean, I like the Brett Baer show on Fox News because sometimes he tells me things that upset me. He tells me what he, the truth as best he can find it because he's an honest journalist. So this was a place where you could go to see both sides taken apart by Chris Wallace. He's given tough interviews to both sides. That's over. Whatever that he was doing, he's decided that he's not doing that anymore. He brings this guy on, and the first thing he asks him about is, why did you condemn Israel for killing the Iranian nuclear scientist? And John Brennan says, well, if we just go around killing the people in other governments, what, what a mess this would be. And Wallace pushes back a little bit and says, yes, but Iran is a bad actor. I mean, Iran is a terrorist state. And he said, well, you know, it's, Iran is not, Iran is a multi, you know, it's a various, there are various people in the Iranian government. But no, there aren't. I mean, there just aren't. It's a terrorist, it's a terrorist state. And for Israel, a free nation, to attack that state with assassinations is perfectly legitimate. And, you know, this is a guy who actually supports our enemies. I said this before, you know, why, do, why does John Brennan support our enemies? It's the same as asking why Dracula supports vampires. But then he starts talking about 
this conspiracy theory that, remember, sucked all the air out of the Trump administration for three years. And this is what he says about the Steele dossier, uh, something, a dossier that the CIA and the intelligence agencies knew to be false very early on, but they then used to get warrants to spy on Carter Page and basically spy on the Trump campaign. And this is what he says about this, this is cut 20. As we have said previously, the Steele dossier was not used in any way to uh, undergird the judgments that came out of the intelligence community assessment about the Russian actions in the 2016 election. And so the 20, the Steele dossier was something that I never you know, looked at from the standpoint of credibility because it wasn't something that the CIA had acquired. And so I think, you know, people point to the Steele dossier as this, you know, reason why the whole thing was a hoax. No, there was so much other evidence and intelligence to support those judgments. Now, I'm sure you were listening hard for the moment when Chris Wallace says, no, we actually have proof that the Steele dossier was used to get warrants to spy on the Trump administration. I didn't hear it either because it it never happened. He didn't push back against them. But it doesn't matter because there was no spying on the Trump administration. This is cut 19. Looking back at 2016, were there some mistakes made in terms of the FISA applications, other types of things? Yes, apparently there were. But that doesn't mean that there was criminal intent. And there was no spying on Donald Trump's campaign. And it's very clear from Robert Mueller's investigation that there were a lot of activities that I think were very unprincipled, unethical. And it'll be up to individuals in the future to determine whether or not there was any criminal activity that took place during that time. <laughs> again, again, you were listening for that Chris Wallace, that famous thing that Wallace does where he interrupts people and pushes back at them. And you're waiting. I know you were holding your breath. Keep holding your breath for that until you pass out because you will never, ever hear it. And at the same time, this is Chris Wallace with Alex Azar, the uh, health and human services guy. And Alex Azar refers to Joe Biden as the vice president. This is cut four. I just want you to, I, I, I have to put this forward because it's about, I'll get to Donald Trump and what he has to say and all this, but this is about the atmosphere that we're living in. This is cut four. If President Trump had worn a mask then and urged everyone to wear a mask then, back in April, the way Joe Biden is right now, wouldn't we be in much better shape? Well, Chris, I, I, I welcome Vice President Biden to the club. Since the middle of April, the president's guidelines for reopening have called well, for wearing masks. He's the president-elect, sir. The president has called. The president, the president has. The president has called masks patriotic acts. Every one of his top advisors, we are out there saying, wear your masks. We talk about the data. You know, Chris, at one meter, if two people wear the mask, it can reduce viral transmission by 72%, protecting both the source and the recipient. We've got the data. Masks work. We encourage people, please wear a mask when you can't engage in social distancing. But but first of all, it's it's the president-elect Joe Biden, Secretary Azar. It's the president-elect, sir, he says. So not only is Chris Wallace asking the questions, he's giving, the, he's giving instructions on how you can answer them and what words you can use. He's not the vice president. He's the president-elect, sir, says Chris Wallace. And now they wonder why we don't believe them, why we don't listen to them. This is a guy, I mean, why not just have, why don't we just have Chris Wallace on both sides of the table? You know, I mean, we can do, we have the special, we have the special effects. We have the technology for Chris Wallace to just interview himself. He can just interview himself and talk, you know, he can ask Chris Wallace questions and then Chris Wallace can answer. But no, he's going to instruct, the journalist is going to instruct a person what words to use in his reply. This is to me un 
unbelievable. It is unbelievable that this is the state of journalism in the country and then people don't understand why we're not listening to them. Why does Donald Trump have so much power? Why does he have so much influence? One more cut of John Harwood, the White House correspondent on CNN, and I'll get to Trump. This is cut 13 discussing why it may be possible, it may be possible for Republicans and Democrats to work together. The record of the last 12 years is one of blowtorch opposition from Republicans to Democratic presidents. There are a couple things that are different this time. First of all, Joe Biden is a white man. Uh, Barack Obama's race uh, played a role in the intensity of the grassroots and the uh, uh, opposition in Washington to what he was trying to do, so that makes a difference. Secondly, temperamentally, he's very well suited to make the attempt. And he's put every foot right so far in trying to uh, turn down the temperature, drain the energy from some of the animus. You know, President Clinton and Obama had almost all of their cabinet positions appointments confirmed in January. Trump had only three confirmed in January because the resistance was so hard from the Democrats. But all he sees is the blowtorch with which Republicans have uh, treated the Democrats, and it's because. Obama was black. This is the chief, this is the White House correspondent. This is the guy they sent to cover the president at CNN. So this is the world we're all living in. And this is how we're trying, the people from whom we're trying to squeeze out some kind of truth. I just got a new Quip toothbrush. You know, they're electric toothbrushes. They're portable. They're small. And this thing looks great. It's all black. It's incredibly sleek. Very cool. And it's small enough that I can put it in a dop kit and travel with it, which is important to me because most of these electric toothbrushes are the sizes of Canon. And not they don't just have an electric toothbrush. They also have a sleek reusable floss pick that you want to use next. Very important to floss. You can pair your floss with the perfect electric toothbrush for adults and kids. And Quip has simple guiding features you need, like time sonic vibrations with guiding pulses that help you brush better, and you can personalize your routine with over nine premium brush colors. I like the black. And now you can get amazing rewards just for brushing better every day. Quip smart electric toothbrushes connect through the free Quip app so you can earn amazing rewards like free products and discounts as you track and coach better oral health habits. If you go to getquip.com slash Clavin right now, you'll get your first refill free. And that's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Clavin, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Clavin. Quip, better oral health made simple. I could just see you leaning forward as I said spelled. And I said, you know, then I spelled get quip. But really you were thinking, yes, but how? Oh, please tell me how do we spell Clavin? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. So let's talk about Donald Trump. He goes down to Georgia, and this is what he says, cut 23. You must go vote and vote early starting December 14th. You have to do it. They cheated and they rigged our presidential election, but we will still win it. We will still win it. We'll still win it. And they're going to try and rig this election, too. So Ross Dutton is sitting at the New York Times and saying, why, why do they believe him? Why are they cheering? Why are so many? And, and Duthat's problem, by the way, is not these people, because he these people are just too much for him. He's wondering why, why smart people that he knows think don't under, don't believe that the election was honest. This is unbelievable. And, you know, when I say when I say to you, you know, we have to deal with the fact that basically the future of this country is riding on Georgia. Now, if we lose in Georgia, 
we'll keep fighting and we'll win some and we'll lose some. But it's going to be a really, really bad two years in Georgia. And so when Trump goes in and says they're going to try and rig this one, too, you know, He's playing a dangerous game. He is risking the election. Now, luckily, luckily, he was down there saying, trying to get people to come out, trying to use the fact that they feel cheated to get them to come out. And that is a strategy. And I'm, I'm, listen, if it works, I'm for it. Believe me, this is cut 24. We're gathered here tonight to ensure, a very important word, ensure, because these are two great, great people that I know so well and respected by everybody in Washington and beyond, that David Perdue and Kelly Leffler win the most important congressional runoff probably in American history. I really believe that. I think it's an American. There's never been a time like this where you have two at one time, at least you have two beauties. And you know what? You also have two beauties running against them, but beauty in a different way. <laughs> so listen, if he can bring people out, he's got because, you know, it's not just two votes. Remember, they want to make Puerto Rico and Washington states. So it could be these two votes. Give them six votes in the Senate, uh, which will would take us forever to get back. It would take us forever to get back. They're going to open up borders. They're going to change the demographic of the country. And I don't really have I'm, I'm not one of these people who has a big problem with the demographic of the uh, country changing as long as it changes through legal means. And we have some say over who's coming in and what what the immigrant population is going to represent, what the numbers are going to represent, what kinds of people are going to be represented. Those are things that we should have a say over. It is not some kind of Christian. You know, this is not. A country is not a charity. It's not here just to take people in because they want to come in. We want to take in the people that we need. And that's going to go by the boards if we lose in Georgia as well. And then your elections are really going to be fun. They, you know, they're not going to have to rig elections if that, if that happens. So, you know, if, if people, I know people are angry at me because I'm still not convinced that they have enough uh, evidence to, to turn this thing around. In fact, I'm convinced they don't have enough evidence to turn this thing around. And I'm not entirely convinced that they're right about the thing being rigged. But, but there's a lot of good, substantial testimony of irregularities in the, in the election uh, place, in the polls, poll counting places. And the fact that the news media won't cover it is just jet fuel to people who think, well, wait, you know, maybe this whole thing was an absolute illusion, an absolutely rigged thing. So listen, if Trump is going to go down to Georgia and bring people out, and if he's going to campaign for these two people, Kelly Loeffler and Purdue, then great. That is great because that's the fight. That is the fight. The only It's the only fight we're going to win. I'm telling you, you know, like it, again, politics is about reality. It is a very, very hard game. It is not about, uh, you know, oh, well, let's let's let them lose and that'll teach them a lesson. You let them lose. and You know, they don't lose. You, you know, this is the thing that people don't understand. These people on Twitter, some of whom I think are Democrats, you know, disguised as Republicans. But these people on Twitter who say, let's vote these rhinos out and then that'll teach them a lesson. They don't lose. They just go and get some high, you know, paying lobbying job or some place in a law firm. They're not losing anything. You know who's losing? Bingo. It's you. You know, that's why, that's why it's so important that he gets people out. And Trump is, was great about this. He, this is cut uh, 25. It was sort of an instinct of mine. You know, you're angry because so many votes were stolen. It was taken away. And you say, well, we're not going to do it. We can't do that. We have to actually do just the opposite. We can't do that. We can't do that. We have to do just the opposite. If you don't vote, the socialists and the communists win. They win. You know, 
God bless him for that. That that really, he's got to get that message out. You know, he has got to get the uh, silence the people on Twitter who, like I said, some of them, I'm sure, are operatives pretending to be Republicans and saying, no, let's vote the rhinos out. And that'll teach them if they're not going to support, if, you know, Loeffler and Purdue are not going to support Trump, we got to vote them out of office. You know, God bless Trump for coming out and getting that and understanding that he has got to get his people out. Because, listen, you know, I saw somebody, I think on Fox News saying, well, there's nothing the Democrats want more than for Trump to make this election about him because, you know, that's how that's how he lost the presidency. But no, that's not right. People voted if there are many people who voted against Trump, who voted down ticket for the Republicans because they hate the Democrats. And you got to remember something. You know, there's a big fight going on in the Republican Party. And this is going to be something that's going to take years to work out, which is the new Republican Party, the Trump Republican Party, which is a working class, multi-ethnic, multi-racial party, uh, as opposed to the old, you know, uh, country club Republican Party, which doesn't exist anymore for the simple reason. What is this? I think do thought this is another do thought phrase He's called it zombie Reaganism. This is people who are still fighting things from the Reagan era about where the tax cut should be and all this stuff. That Republican Party is over and they just don't know it yet. And that's going to be a war that has to work itself out in the Republican Party. But the Democrats are this close to civil war. I mean, they are about to come apart at the seams and they have their people on their side saying, don't vote for anybody who worked for a corporation. Don't vote for anybody who believes in capitalism. Don't vote for anybody. You know, they, they have their side that are purists on the left who could tear them apart. And when it's, if it seems to you that I'm sometimes saying to people, don't on the right, don't tear each other apart, even if you disagree, I am. I am saying that because this is electoral politics. You've got to have the majority to win. And as apex predator cocaine Mitch McConnell said, the winners make law, the losers go home. You know, Trump was talking about uh, uh, Ossoff, the guy who's running against uh, Purdue. And this is what Trump says, cuts to 26. John Ossoff is a radical left-wing zealot who is very proud to be endorsed by Bernie Sanders, Crazy Bernie. Ossoff supports defunding the police, supports the crazy Green New Deal. That's another beauty. Don't forget, the Green New Deal is really $100 trillion, okay? It's $100 trillion. You know, Ossoff then had a debate and Purdue didn't show up. And so Ossoff got to do this as a cut 29. Well, it's a, a strange situation to be asking a question of a sitting United States senator who is not here to debate as he asks for the votes of the people to be reelected. Senator Purdue, I suppose, doesn't feel that he can handle himself in debate. Or perhaps is concerned that he may incriminate himself in debate. Both of which, in my opinion, are disqualifying. It's always a mistake not to show up for a debate. It's always a mistake. It's always bad strategy every single time. It's just a, a mistake because it gives the guy a chance to do that stuff, which is just unfair, but it doesn't matter because you're not there to fight back. The Republicans, insider Republicans, are telling us basically that this is, they are in trouble, that they are really struggling. I told you before, this is a close, close election, and it's unlikely that it's going to be divided. It's unlikely that Kelly Loeffler will win and Ossoff will win. It's unlikely that that's the way it's going to go. It looks like it's going to go for both, both seats are going to go one way because it's going to be decided by the people who show up. And this is one of the reasons that I'm so concerned about this, you know, narrative that we 
uh, secret that Trump won, but we, it was stolen away because I'm afraid people are going to shrug and disgust and not show up. And even if it's true, I'm afraid of that. Even if it's true, I, I know these things have to be addressed. And I know, I understand, believe me, that this mail-in voting was a problem from the start, that Donald Trump warned about it, that the papers, you know, the press was telling, oh, no, it's not a problem, even though years before they were saying it was a problem. It's a problem. The Democrats always are against transparency, always against photographic evidence, always against the things that make it, uh, that make it easy for us to check people. Again, it's so hard to get at the truth. And that's one of the reasons I'm relying on the courts. I'm relying on what our guys, what the Republican lawyers are saying in the courts. And so far, they have not made their case in the courts. They've lost over 40 cases in the courts. They weren't all uh, Obama judges. But it's so hard to know the truth. And that's why if you're absolutely certain you know, you're wrong. You're abs- if you're absolutely certain you've got the answer, you're wrong. We are living in an information crisis. So I know that you're absolutely sure that nobody is spying on you while you're using your computer, but just in case you absolutely know the truth, then you want to get ExpressVPN. Does it make sense that the same company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they profit by exploiting your personal data. That's why you want ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Every site you visit, video watch, you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something big tech can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. So stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Clavin. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Clavin to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Clavin right now to learn more. Somebody should check on the copywriters here because they tell you how to spell expressvpn, uh, but they don't tell you how to spell Clavin. How could you possibly know? That there, there are, are no We have got the new leftist tears tumbler. And that is the most important, you know, what could be more important than that is this, this thing is beautiful. Look at this. It's like, first of all, it actually flies. Uh, you may not know this. It has diamond jet propulsion, uh, you know, whatever's on the bottom and it will take off, fly around the room, uh, come back filled with leftist tears. Nothing that I'm saying to you is true. However, it is great. And the most important thing about it is uh, it can be washed. It can, you can put it in the dishwasher, which uh, some, some members of my family were complaining about. And how do you get this? Well, well, you subscribe, of course. If you're not already a Daily Wire member, now is the time to join because we have got some amazing stuff that's right around the corner. The Michael Knowles Show is now five days a week. And if you subscribe, we will give it to you for three days a week. We're adding the entire PragerU catalog to dailywire.com by the end of the year. We've already uploaded all of PragerU's five-minute videos, the Candace Owens Show from PragerU, Knowles' Book Club, which is excellent, I know, because I was in it and I was absolutely terrific. Early next year, Candace Owens is joining the Daily Wire here in Nashville, where she'll be launching a brand new Daily Wire show. And we're launching our first feature film under Daily Wire's upcoming entertainment channel. We're building a new investigative journalism team. Go outside the narrative and come over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. We're loud, we're opinionated, and we're having an excellent 
excellent time. So come on over and subscribe. I'm going to talk more about this Georgia election in just a sec. So you want to see, though, the face. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this Georgia election and I know I know I'm hammering this. I know I'm hammering this point. And I know you want me to hammer that the election was stolen. I'm so much more worried about Georgia than I am about whether the election was stolen because the election stolen is something that's going to have to be taken care of over the next several years. That's just the way it is. That's the truth. You know, <laughs> that's the reality of the situation. This is not like God is not sitting here saying you must you know, solve this election problem now. God is not, you know, God will live whether we, whether Republicans or Democrats win this country, whether this country rises or falls, God will still be in charge of history and it's not going to make any difference to the end results, right? This is something that we are doing here on earth, us, and we have to be fighting for Georgia right now because Georgia is where the future of the country lies. It's just where it is. You got to see this guy, Warnick. He is, he is really a piece of work. And, you know, Kelly Loeffler, well, here's Kelly Loeffler and Warnick debated, and she showed up for the debate, which is always the right thing to do. Here's cut 27, where she talks about who he is. And I want to wait till you hear his response. It's amazing. 27. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, has called police officers gangsters, thugs, bullies, and a threat to our children. When I gave him the chance to apologize in our first debate, he declined. He's also said that you can't serve God and the military. He's used the Bible to justify these types of attacks and make other divisive statements. What we need is someone who can bring together, that can help us get through this pandemic and rebuild our economy across this country and right here in Georgia. That's what I'm fighting to do. Now, she's absolutely right about this. He said, you cannot serve God and the American military, all right? Obviously, a riff on the quote from Matthew, I believe, where Jesus says, you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. If your heart is with your treasure on earth, it won't be with your treasure in heaven, okay? That's a riff on that. Here is Warnick's response to this, to her pointing this out. Uh, Cut eight. She's continued uh, to misrepresent my record. Uh, She's lied not only on me, but on Jesus. I mean, everybody's clear about what that passage uh, is about in Matthew. You can't serve two masters. And she should have listened to the lesson. Uh, Maybe she wouldn't be so focused on herself. She'd be thinking about the people she's supposed to represent. This guy is a lying dog-faced pony soldier. This guy is like that, you know, it is true that Jesus was saying you can't serve two masters, meaning God and money. He wasn't saying you couldn't serve in the military of the best, the last best hope on earth. That That's absurd. So now there is Warnick actually lying about the Gospels. This guy who's a preacher actually lying about the Gospels. Here is Kelly Loeffler asking him about his uh, affection for socialism. This is cut 31. In your writings and your teachings, you've repeatedly praised Marxism and the redistribution of income. Can you here and now for all Georgians renounce socialism and Marxism? Listen, uh, I believe in our free enterprise system. And uh, my dad was a small business owner. Uh, And during the Great Recession, you know what I was doing? I, I was leading my church to build a community center where, among other things, we had a financial literacy center that taught people how to repair their credit, create a 700 credit score community, how to create a business, how to buy a home, how to participate in our free enterprise system. 
Let me translate that for you into English. That's yes, I am a socialist. No, I won't renounce it. That's what that means. Okay. Didn't answer the question. She says, will you renounce socialism? <laughs> that's a one word answer. That, you know, that's an easy one. That's a yes, I renounce socialism. This guy is a socialist. And here, here he is being asked of whether he'll pack the Supreme Court. This is cut seven. I am wondering if you can answer the question, do you support expanding the Supreme Court? I'm really not focused on it. Um, And I think that too often the politics in Washington has been about the politicians. (laughs) I don't even have to translate that into, yes, I will pack the Supreme Court with leftists. You know, again, I, I do know people are angry at me because I'm not convinced the election was totally stolen. That's that's just true. I, I am convinced that there are some real, uh, te- you know, believable testimony about irregularities. Uh, I have not seen enough that would turn the election around. Uh, I haven't seen anything like that. I've seen things that I don't know, like this Georgia video that came out of people leaving the room and everybody says, well, this is one, th- you know, this was people being dismissed and then secret ballots being cast. And then the people there say, no, it's not. And that hasn't been proved either way. I haven't see- heard one one person convincingly uh, tell me that it was one thing or the other, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know this. There is almost no chance the results of this election are going to be changed. But the election in Georgia is still to come. That's what I know. That's what I know. And so in this sea of disinformation and misinformation and lies and absolute conviction of people who don't know what they know, you know, who know they know something they don't know, uh, we have got to do the right thing for the country. The country is what we're all about here. It's, we're not, I'm not about any given politician. I'm always about the freedom of the country, always about freedom. And, and this is the thing we have to, you know, it, it's the same thing with the pandemic. It's exactly the same thing with the pandemic. I know people who are telling me there is no pandemic. This masks don't work. And this, that's not the case. The case is that people are lying to us and being hypocritical jerks. That is the problem. You know, let, let me just show you something. This is in LA, which is where I am right so far because I'm getting out of here. But, but still, this is in LA and Mayor Garcetti is shutting down restaurants and this is what Garcetti says. This is, this is the second worst mayor next to, uh, next to the, the de Blasio in New York. This is the second worst mayor in the country. This is what he says. He says, my heart goes out to Ms. Marsden and the workers at the Pineapple Hill Saloon who have to comply with state and county public health restrictions that close outdoor dining. No one likes these restrictions, but I do support them as our hospital ICU beds fill to capacity in cases have increased by 500%. Now, let me show you what this lady was saying. This is the lady who owns, he's addressing because this video went viral, is cut 15. I'm losing everything. Everything I own is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio, which is right over here. And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. (laughs) They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive, my staff cannot survive. See, the people are not complaining because there's a pandemic. Most of us know there's a pandemic. We're complaining because our leaders stink because they are 
hypocritical. They're dishonest. They told us that it was fine for people to riot, but not fine for people to go to church. They then told us that the riots weren't riots. They were mostly peaceful. And now they say, well, let's shut this lady's restaurant down. Oh, but here's a Hollywood movie next door so they can have the outdoor dining. She could have made a fortune over that. They could have just said, hey, you know, go over to the restaurant. There's a restaurant right there and you can dine there. But that would not be good for the unions. So they didn't do it. That's why she got screwed, basically. They are so corrupt so involved with the people who give them money, so involved with their own images and their own power. And then they wonder why nobody believes them. But again, it's on us. It is on us to do the right thing. You know, in Sweden, where they said, uh, you know, they said they weren't going to have a lockdown. They didn't have a lockdown. They just let everybody uh, do what they were going to do. They cautioned them and all this stuff. And we were all watching Sweden. In Sweden, they now say, no, we need a lockdown. It didn't work. That didn't work. So, you know, at least they were honest with people. At least they were honest with people. And people now think, well, okay, they did say, let's do it this way. It didn't work. They'll go and they will go in lockdown. Why should we believe anybody? And all, all I'm telling you is we are living in a sea of disinformation, every single one of us, because I am like, I am exhausting myself hunting down information. And it is incredibly hard right now. It is incredibly hard. And these arrogant, secluded, self-obsessed, uh, self-deluded uh, Elites who are telling us what to do uh, can't understand. They can't understand why we are spitting in their eyes. They can't understand why we're protesting. Here's a protest in Bend, Oregon, a beautiful, beautiful town, liberal town, where they're protesting the lockdowns and a teacher drives by. This is cut three. Coulter said she she knew she was a teacher before she started screaming, I'm a teacher. I mean, in Chicago, the teachers union is suing to stay out. They just reopened the schools in New York because all of the science, all of the science says that these kids don't spread the disease. In fact, it looks like people who don't have symptoms don't spread the disease. That's not where the spread is happening. But why should anybody listen to anything? You know, this is this is what I'm trying to get at is that like how little we actually know right now and how much we have to rely on our own common sense, how much we have to rely on finding information, finding the people who aren't lying. The New York Times is lying. Don Lemon is lying. CNN is lying. Their ideas of who we are. The New Yorker wants you to be silent so they can lie. And, and then they ask us why we don't believe them. It is an incredible situation. This is an incredible moment uh, in American history when it is so hard to know. And that's why, that's why I'm cautioning you, everybody, when they say, oh, well, this happened or that happened. It's hard to know. I'm telling you, it's hard to know. And it's hard to know, you know, what the, what the right thing to do with the pandemic is. You know, I know, obviously, we have to save the Claven. That is the most important thing. We have to make sure that I survive because without me, there's going to be nobody saying what I'm saying now. I am the last person saying this. So you want to make sure that the Claven is saved. I just want to end with one last 
wonderful, wonderful piece of video from CNBC where uh, Andrew Ross Sarkin from The New York Times is talking to Rick Santelli on CNBC, two, two commentators discussing the restaurant lockdowns. This has got 17. The difference between a big box retailer and a restaurant or frankly, even a, a church are so different. It's unbelievable. Going I disagree. Into a big box retailer, I disagree. You're wear- I disagree. You're wearing. You can a mask. have your thoughts, and I you're can have mine. You're required to wear a mask. I disagree. It's science. I'm sorry. It's science. If it's you're wearing a mask, science. it's a different story. Five hundred people in a Lowe's aren't any safer than 150 people in a restaurant that holds 600. I don't believe it. Sorry. <laughs> so, so who's right there? Who? That's the commentary we're getting. That's the news we're getting. When they're not lying, they're just screaming. Let's have an imaginary, let's live in an imaginary world for a minute. Let's have, let's live in an imaginary world for a minute. What if we lived in a world where the Russian collusion scam was treated the same as the fraud claims that are being made now? Not dismissed out of hand, but examined, you know, where they sent reporters to find out the truth. You know, why is John Brennan on television? Why is that guy talking to anybody once he's been exposed as a serial liar? He's been exposed as a serial liar, and he's on television promoting his book on Chris Wallace's show. You know, why is that happening? What if we treated both the Russian collusion scam and the fraud claims the same way, not by dismissing them, not by laughing at them, but actually trying to track down the information and trying to find out what was true? It is not the same. What if we treated, you know, Uh, the claims of people who say they have the right to go to church, it's in the Constitution. What if we treated those same claims, those claims the same way as we treat the right of, uh, you know, people who can work at home having deliveries from Amazon. So some guy is out there in the world exposing himself to the virus so they can work at home, but they don't understand why anybody should be angry about the lockdowns that are destroying small businesses. Well, you know, what what if governors said, look, we're going to suggest you do these things and we're going to follow those rules. We'd be living in a different country right now. The only thing I'm saying is when you're in a sea of disinformation, when you're in a sea of ignorance, you got to know it. That's what you have to know. You have to know that you are in this morass and move forward with common sense and finding the people who will speak the truth to you even when you don't like it. That's what you got to do because otherwise we are really, we will really be in trouble going forward. And most importantly for us, for those of us who care about the future of the country, we could lose that election in Georgia and then you'll, you will really know what unhappiness is. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk some more. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Adam Saivitz and Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, is by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith, 
Those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen.